Look, all this takes is a shot to the ribs, the first AB Chris Bryant has against the Cardinals. That's all it takes. And now it's started up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here are your hosts, Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 39. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, say hello to the people. Hello, my people. You're just what is up? You're just dragging right now after an hour and a half of waiting for noises around us to subside. Yeah, crazy demon babies below me in the apartment, screaming their heads off. Yeah, pick up basketball games outside your window. Yeah, but here we Which, are, an hour and a half later. We're here. We made it. We made it. We got a lot to talk about on this particular episode. Sure do. It's been a while, dude. It has been a while. I know. I, I was thinking about that today. I was like, I feel like last episode I promised that we were back to two a week for good. Yeah. And then I just... And then you got sick. And then I decided to go and get sick again, which I'm pretty sure that's probably like my third or fourth time getting sick. I'm still kind of sick. Yeah. Pro- probably my third or fourth time getting sick this winter. So not the best off season for me. But, uh, well, but if you're I'm, wondering, I'm I, wore, I wore shorts today because it was, I think, 62. Here. I mean, that's fine if you're going to try to rub it in. It was like 55, 60 here today. So, I mean, oh, wow, you didn't get one on me. So, oh. actually, I mean, a little snow next week, I'm sure. I'm going to look it up just so I'm not lying. No, it was a high of 63 today, officially. Wow. So, we beat you. Well, what was it last week old when Durham, you got sick? Old Durham, North Carolina. Well, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Not important. But what is important is that we have four new members into the Hall of Fame. Yay. A couple Yankees, unfortunately. Yay. But we'll dive into that. But before we get started... Just want to throw out a little note. There's no baseball history today. Not because there wasn't any there wasn't necessarily any points to cover, but I just feel like we'll be we're gonna be talking about enough baseball history here for the next segment as we dive into the careers of these guys. So I figured I'll True. just save it. Very valid. So lead us off. Lead us off with your guy. The first oh, ever unanimous inductee. How do you feel about oh, man. it? Oh, man. I So I fell into the trap. I'm not going to lie. Everyone knew he was getting in. Everyone knew he was the first ballot guy. But I definitely fell into the trap of wanting it to be unanimous. I wanted 100%. Did you? Like, you just fall into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I put up that graphic on Instagram, which I know you saw and we've been talking about today about – whether or not he or Ken Griffey should have been the first unanimous. And then you got people saying, well, it should have been neither. It should have been countless other guys before them, so on and so forth. But, I mean, to me, if there's a guy in Major League Baseball that played for as long as he did and was the type of guy that he was, 
I would like for it to be him, and I'm glad it's him because just the classiest individual. There's not a guy that represents baseball better than he does, arguably. So yeah, I was happy for him. Class, dignity came up from just absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, Everyone's seen that video of him making a uh, a glove out of a piece of cardboard or milk carton. I mean, it's just like that guy is the man and he comes i mean all the way from that to the greatest closer of all time so i mean it's just, without without argument i might add yeah There's without no argument. debate like, there is no argument and so that's when you were talking about the instagram post like i did see that argument a couple of times i really like the fact that people are recognizing that yes griffey is one of the greatest center fielders of all time you can talk about outfielders but like many come to mind when you think of great center fielders or great outfielders. No one else comes to mind when you talk about great closers. Yeah, Trevor Hoffman got in last year. Austin had a great career, but he's not the greatest. The greatest, and everyone can agree, Mariano Rivera. Well, not taking any way, anything away from Mo, but you mentioned that graphic. There was there was people in there saying that Trevor Hoffman, had he had the teams that Mariano had, his career would have looked quite different. Would you agree, would you agree with that? Absolutely, hundred percent. But I mean, that's uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, dude. You can't uh, you can't really control that. Um, you know, it was that guy would never be in these free agent conversations. You know what I mean? That we have today. Like he would just be, he's, he's super low key. He's just finds a spot and he's happy. And, you know, the Yankees weren't great when he first came up, you know, he got called up in 95 and that was right on the brink of them doing stuff in the nineties, but they weren't that good in the early nineties. So, I mean, well, they started the him out. Time. They started him out as a starter. If I, if yeah. I recall correct. Yeah. He was a starter and he got bumped. Um, I think it was the 96 season where he officially got bumped into the bullpen and he wasn't even a closer yet. He was just a setup guy. And that's when obviously they won the world series and and he like officially started as the OG just beast of a reliever. All right. Well, I feel like I'm asking you all the questions and it's because he's your guy, but what do you say to the argument of, because for whatever reason, we got a lot of people in the comment section and I just feel like in the baseball world saying that how can you make a make him the first unanimous pick when he's a guy who gets three outs every third game? What do you what do you say to that? Understandable. It's the under it's the same argument that uh, people used against Edgar Martinez, who we'll talk touch on a little bit. But uh, DH roles, you know, stuff like that to where they don't have a piece in the game, you know, throughout the game. But the truth is, is that, I mean, he, that was his role and he dominated that role. I mean, it, (laughs) anyone could step into that role. You can name, you can put any pitcher into a closer role and none of them will do as well as he did. And so it's just, I think it's the ultimate selfless role, if you will. I mean, no one, no kid grows up to desire to be a reliever, right? Everyone wants to be that that starter who gets it opening day or that starter who gets a game one of the series. Like, 
you want to be that guy as a kid. No one really wants to be a reliever. No one wants to be, uh, you don't have the stamina, you don't have enough pitches, so we're going to put you in the bullpen. Nobody wants to be that way. But he accepted that role, and he did it perfectly. And so, yeah, I understand not having a you know, foot in the game the whole time, but it's like that was his role, and he did it perfectly. So I don't, I can't fault him for that. Yeah, there was there's people saying that because he was unanimous, that makes him somehow the best player ever, which is completely false. Like, yeah, that's not Ma- at all. Mariano Rivera is not the greatest baseball player to ever live. That's, right. I mean, I don't even feel like we need to be saying that on here. But my answer to that was. That just because you're unanimous doesn't mean you're the best player. I, I think I even commented this back to somebody who had, who had mentioned it. Um, but I said, being unanimous doesn't mean you're the best player ever. It means that your resume leaves no question as to whether or not you belong in the Hall of Fame. Right. So, I mean. It also you, depends you, on the rest of the ballot. What people aren't getting is that I think they only get, what, 10 votes? And so when you're looking at the rest of that ballot and half of them were connected with steroids allegedly and half of them aren't quite there numbers wise you're going to vote for this guy and so that's how it lines up you know there there are going to be years where it just it doesn't line up the way it is you know he wasn't put up there with 10 other guys that are going to be hall of famers put up with three other guys so it's the way it is all how that lines out it's just the stars align kind of thing and and it, that's why I said I fell into that trap. It doesn't matter. It really, when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter. A Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, what, and whether and based, they got seventy five percent or they got a hundred percent, they're still a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and based on what you just said, from what I understand, by no means are you saying had he been up there with ten other guys that could have been Hall of Famers, he wouldn't have been one of them. Absolutely, he would have been still probably the first guy to go in. Right, but I, I do get what you're saying of like. It really just depends on where the votes are allotted to, right. to which guys. And yeah, I mean that's a that's a valid valid argument. Um I do have some some interesting little nuggets here. I know I'd mentioned to you that uh some people may or may not know. I know a lot of his stats, rightfully so, have been kind of getting thrown around in the past twenty four hours. Um but Mariano Rivera was the all time postseason leader in ERA with a mark of Point seven zero, uh, also the all-time postseason leader in games pitched at ninety six and saves with forty two. Ironically enough, um, <laughs> he another little tidbit here. He allowed multiple earned runs in just one of his ninety six postseason appearances, and that was in the two thousand World Series. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, but yeah. As I was saying earlier, very well deserved. I'm not even upset being a Sox guy. I mean, I was I was pumped for him. There's not a there's not a better guy that that deserves it in my opinion. Right, all you, class. You can talk about Griffey and guys like that, but even if you do feel like somebody else should have been the first unanimous pick, you can't be upset with Mariano being the first guy. Like, if you can't have right. those guys, at least it's this guy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was that video of him getting the call. I was I was pumped. I know you and I were both watching it live and got to see all the reactions and everything. That was just that was super cool. Just a classy guy. And like you said, came from nothing. It's just good to see 
for once in a game that gets kind of black marked with steroids and all that stuff. It's just good to see like, it's good to have a feel good story every now and then. So the ultimate dirt to diamonds story. There you go. Mariano (laughs) should be our spokesperson for dirt to diamonds. The ultimate dirt to diamonds. That's exactly right. Um, Moving on. Another guy that just dominated hitters, Roy Halladay, coming in at 85.4%. Obviously, his first year on the ballot. Uh, in the some of the recent news that we just saw today, he will be going in with no plaque, logo, or hat affiliation. What are your thoughts on that? Um, interesting, honestly. Interesting. Um, I think... The people that know him best would be would obviously be his family or former teammates and stuff like that. And uh, I would, I mean, it, Toronto seems like a no brainer to me. You know what I mean? He was yeah. only in Philly for four years. I don't know. It's to each his own, I guess. And I, I guess you know it's hard to say. We don't know just because he's not alive anymore, and so we don't know what he would choose or what he would say. It's going to be interesting. And definitely a little bit of a tear-jerking situation when it comes to his, you know, induction speech and everything like that. So, but either way, uh, definitely deserved it. And and I was I I'm not gonna lie, I was a little on the fence, uh, numbers-wise with Halliday. I mean, both of us witnessed just pure dominance when he was on. You don't mean? Do you mean in terms of him getting in the first year? Yeah, you thought yeah, it would I just take him a little while. Yeah, I, I figured it was going to take a little bit longer, just because you know, sixteen years, um, which in reality you can. Uh, I'm looking at the numbers. You can pretty much take away his first year and his last year, uh, fourteen innings in his first year, sixty-two in his last. Um, so you're pulling it down to like fourteen years. You know what I mean? Is that long enough? And the answer is yes, it was because. I think we were before, before we came on. Uh, I counted eight years of being at least 220 innings or more in that year. That is absurd. Yeah, that's like quite we throw a, a party. We throw a party anytime a guy gets near 200. Now 220 and more eight times. I mean, his top year was 266, 266 innings. <laughs> that's what? That's a horse. Yeah. But yeah, he so, he did going down the line here with his stats. Finished with a record of two two hundred three and one hundred five. Had a career ERA of three thirty eight. Had two thousand one hundred seventeen strikeouts. Had a career WAR of sixty four point three. Two Cy Youngs. Eight time All Star, and also notched a perfect game on May 29th, twenty ten, and then later that season, uh, through a postseason no hitter. On October 6th versus the Reds in game one of the NLDS. A couple nuggets here for you. For him, he led the majors in complete games seven times, which is, I think that's just, that's (laughs) just a testimony to your point about him just being a horse with innings pitched. Uh, And then also he finished in the top five of the Cy Young voting every year from 2006 to 2011. So... Not a bad career, but yeah. uh, moving on, another guy that got 85.4% of the votes, Edgar Martinez, on his 10th and final year of the ballot, 
I knew he was going to get in. I told you he was going to get in. I think you were a little more on the fence about this than I was, if I recall. I'm definitely on the fence. Uh, and I'm still a little on the fence. Well, um, before you begin, let me let me remind you that I said on an earlier episode, I, I made a note that since the Hall of Fame voting began in 1936, there have been 29 players who fell between 70 and 74.9% and all of them eventually wound up in Cooperstown. Of that group, 24 were elected the next year. So you can now make that 25. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still on the fence. I'm still on the fence. Um, let's see, 18 years. It's a long time. But I, it, it, he doesn't have like the big juicy stats that we're looking for. And and if we're going to say DH, now we're going to look at all the offensive numbers. Just over 2,200 hits. Just over 1,200 RBIs. You know, he did hit 312, which is very impressive. 309 home runs I feel like is a little low if we're going to claim to be a power hitter. Um, I it's, I don't know, man. I'm still on the fence. Like, I think that, what did he, you said 84%, 85 85.4. 85%. I, I feel like that's a little high, but again, it, it all lines up with who else is on the ballot and when. Um, I feel like I'm in definitely the group of minorities for, for choosing to say no, but... I, I'm not discrediting what he did. I just don't know if it's – I don't think it's Hall of Fame-type numbers. Well, let's, uh, let's dive into some statistics regarding his uh, Hall of Fame counterparts and see if see if it changes your mind. Edgar Martinez versus Mike Mussina, including the postseason, slashed 307, 337, and 627 with five home runs and 83 plate appearances. Edgar Martinez versus Roy Halladay slashed 444, 474, and 722 with one home run and 19 plate appearances. And arguably most impressive, Edgar Martinez versus Mariano Rivera, including the postseason, slashed 579, 652, and 1053 in 23 plate appearances. He had the highest batting average of anybody with 10-plus at-bats against Mariano Rivera. Additionally, he had more walks than strikeouts in a season 10 times. 10 times. And was in the top 10 in batting average in the American League every year from 1995 to 1999, a streak that started at age 32. So, yeah, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I feel you, dude. I feel you. I'm just... It's hard for me. It's it's really <clears throat> it's really hard for me to say. I mean, I, it makes sense to me that it took this long. I think again, I'm in the minority, so I get it. Um, it makes sense that it it took this long. No, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I mean, that's definitely it's definitely not a shoe in case uh, yeah. with him. So I mean, it it definitely makes sense that he it took till his tenth and final year. But at the end of the day, I think he. I think he belongs in the hall and I'm glad that they 
erred on the side of getting him in, I guess you could say. Cause yeah. it's, it, to me, it's easier to argue him getting in instead of arguing against him being on the outside. Yeah. If that, if that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, sure. I understand. I think it's just tough. I mean, when, if you take out the year 2000, he never hit more than 30 home runs and only hit over 115 RBIs one other time. So, you know, you know what I mean? Like the, uh, when I think, when I think hall of famer, I think dominance and he doesn't scream dominance for me, nor does he scream just flat out stud for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just, it's uh the three twelve is very impressive and that's awesome and I will I'm still sticking with the, the batting average stat. I'll forever stick with that as being a, a good stat to go off of. Um but I'm also gonna go off a total number of hits in eighteen years. And I'm also gonna go off a total number of RBIs. And and we can't use the argument of a bad team because that was a good team for more often than not he was with. You got the kid with you for most of your career. You got a young A Rod in the, in the, you know, the middle of your career, like it's. Which, by the way, did you see? Did you? Well, you, well, you said you're watching live. Did you see the phone call between him and Ken Griffey? I saw it. I didn't get to hear it. It was just very, I don't know. Odd. It was. I don't know. I've <laughs> I've heard people say that Ken Griffey, and I I'm starting to agree with them more and more. Apparently, Ken Griffey is just not like a socially comfortable person. Cause like I've heard him in interviews po- <laughs> like post career and like on phone calls and stuff. And he's just like, I- I'm very convinced he is, he was built to play baseball and nothing else. Like he was just yeah phenomenal at baseball. And then it's like, once that's over, it's like, I got nothing else. I'm, I'm done. And yeah. I, I think I, I, that's been, or that's become more clear in like, like I said, these phone calls and interviews I've listened to, but yeah, the one with Edgar, they like surprise Edgar. They're like, Hey, we got somebody on for you. And then he started talking and it was just very, and even the, the MLB network people, they were like, I mean, you guys act like you've never even met each other. And he was like, well, we're trying to keep it professional. I'm just like, no, this is no, this is just weird. weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, nonetheless, pumped for, for old Edgar. Um, also pumped for another guy that I grew up watching as a very young lad going over to Camden Yards. Mike Mussina coming in at 76.7% on his sixth year in the ballot. Moose uh, sneaking in. Moose sneaking in. I'm not going to give him credit as a Yankee. I'm going to say he's going in as an Oriole. And from what I've heard, he's undecided as of right now. Yeah. So, what time? I think he went nine and nine, right? No, it was uh, ten and eight, if I recall. Uh, but yeah, finished with a a record of two seventy and one fifty three, ERA of three sixty eight, uh, two thousand eight hundred thirteen strikeouts, had a career WAR of eighty three. Was a five-time All-Star and a seven-time Gold Glove winner. Yeah. and Still going to count for something, even for P.O.s. No doubt. A um, couple other 
gold nuggets here. Won 20 games at age 39 in his final season. That's yeah, that's, that's a feat in itself. Um, here's another another tidbit for you. Hall of Famers Pudge Rodriguez, Vladdy Guerrero, George Brett, and Mike Piazza combined for zero home runs and 160 at-bats against Messina. The knuckle curve, man. That is wild. But, yeah, pumped for him. I'm, I will say I'm kind of surprised that I know we're talking about guys that were surprised on whether they took too long or not long enough, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I thought he might have been like maybe a next year or year after guy. I I think we talked about it a couple couple months ago when they first came out with the with the ballot. I didn't think he was going to get in. Um, and well, I no, think, we had, I think it was last episode. Didn't we talk about it? Was like one of the DMs. I think we we just gave our quick take on who we thought was getting in, and I'm pretty sure I just had the three: Mariano, Roy, and Edgar. I believe. Yeah, I don't remember what I said. I think I only had three. I didn't have these four. I don't know who I left out. But same thing, though. I'm I'm glad he got in. Um, yeah, because I had Musina. One, I had Musina and Schilling in next year. Yeah, um, th- this is a guy that we talked about. Uh, we're getting over the 200 mark. I think we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven seasons with 200 or more innings um wow just another horse um made the yankees relevant again in the in um you know with bolstering up the rotation anywhere he, you know would throw wouldn't matter um and that's when you see it in 2008 he's 39 years old it doesn't doesn't matter where in the rotation he's going to be he's going to be a stud um just chewed up innings i think you know the the ERA at three six eight is very impressive. Uh, Two hundred and seventy wins. Again, you can kind of align that with being on successful teams with the, you know, the mid to late nineties Orioles, in the early two thousands Yankees. Um, so uh, awesome. The kid, the dude is just awesome, and I'm glad he got in. You know, thirty five over thirty five hundred innings pitched, uh, twenty eight hundred strikeouts. Those are the numbers that just speak for themselves, you know? So, yeah. big time stuff. And let me clarify. I know I've been called out by a handful of people saying that my fandom for the Red Sox sometimes gets to be a little too much. So I will, <laughs> I will backtrack and say that I was joking when I said I won't give him credit as a Yankee. As you <laughs> mentioned, did great things for the New York Yankees. So I can't take that away from him. I just like to think of him as an Oriole because, and I have I have very good reason to because I saw him pitch like a number of times when I was a kid because right, I right. went over to grew Cam- up in that region. Yeah, so. I literally lived at Camden Yards while you were back home playing <laughs> playing with Star Wars. What was that? What was that one story that I brought up the other day? And I was like, why haven't we mentioned that on the on the podcast? It was like I don't know why we got to hate on it. <laughs> I think I was like, hey, let's go play baseball or something. You're like, no, I want to stay back and play Star Wars or something. We were five. We were well, I was out there trying to grind and improve my <laughs> improve my abilities because I knew that I only had about seven years before my abilities topped out and Yeah, same. So that's why I started later. <laughs> Jeez. 
<laughs> topped out when I was 12. Um, yeah. But yeah. I could, see him, I could honestly see him going in as an Oriole, and I wouldn't be upset about it. Um, I mean, the guy was a, a stud throughout his career, but when you look at like the the real, really good numbers, they came as an Oriole. Here's the thing. I mean, how many more Hall of Fame or how many more Yankees do the Hall of Fame need? Like, come on. Well, you're gonna get another one next year. Can we just give it sure. to? Can we just give it to Baltimore? <laughs> Show them a little love. Just go in as an Oriole, man. Come on. Okay, you mentioned okay. another Yankee. Obviously, talking about Derek Jeter. Do you think he's unanimous? There's surprisingly a lot more people uh, proposing this question, and I'm like very surprised. Um, I, I don't understand how Derek Jeter would be a unanimous selection. I love Derek Jeter. Uh, and, yes. And okay. Uh, maybe maybe I shouldn't turn the mic over to you because you're just going to run with this and <laughs> convince us that he's the greatest baseball player of all time. But realistically, there are, I pe- love there Derek are people. Jeter. Well, there. Here's the thing: is there's people that argue that he is one of the more overrated baseball players shortstops specifically in the game and so with that and i honestly i mean i'm not going to agree i'm kind of on the fence about it because i think he put up some very impressive numbers but at the same time the fact that that argument even exists how can then how can you turn around and put him in the in the hall as a unanimous selection um i like I was trying to say, I love Derek Jeter, and that's okay. Well, to be that, fair, if you're gonna st- if you, your argument's gonna start out with, I love Derek Jeter. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to pump the brakes a little bit. Everything I did as a player tried to emulate him. I know there's a million other kids out there that did the same. Um, <sighs> hands down, my favorite player of all time, but I don't think he'll be a unanimous decision. No. Oh wow! I don't. I don't think he gets 100. Um, percent I think. There was some some decline defensively uh, towards the you know the last four or five years. Um, well, I mean, it's it's hard to play short at that age. Like it really is. It really is. And I I think I remember him saying that when the whole when the whole A Rod trade happened, he said, "Well, if I was traded to Texas, they would move me to third and keep A Rod at short." So I think he even understands that. Maybe he's not the greatest defensive shortstop. I think he was a. Um, <laughs> he just he just got it done. Honestly, he just got it done. I don't think. I mean, he has some flashy, very calm, cool, collected moments, but for the most part, it's not spectacular. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to teach a kid how to hit like Derek Jeter. No one's no one really did it like him. It's the the sneaking you know, base hits to the right side through the hole isn't flashy, especially now on our standards today. But he just, he got it done. And he was a leader and, you know, he was lucked with really good teams throughout the years. So, yeah, I mean, uh, he is forever my favorite player, but I think, I don't think he will get 100%. But here's the thing. The ballot is slim pickings next year. Isn't it? Well, I mean, even if it is, it doesn't. That doesn't just mean. Oh, let's just all, let's all just throw Jeter in as a unanimous selection. Like, 
I don't think it has to work that way. Like, I don't think it does either. Especially, but... I mean, because that's as we've as we've discussed in the last twenty four hours, it is a very prestigious honor. I mean, again, like we've addressed, if you're in, you're in. It doesn't matter if you get in with seventy five percent or hundred yeah. percent. But to be fair, I mean, it's very clear that it's a prestigious honor because only one guy's done it. So yeah. to, to just start throwing guys in there with that with that honor with that title, I think yeah. is you're doing a disservice. Yeah, but um, that's just me. I mean, it's he's got he's he's leading a lot of offensive numbers for a very old franchise for a very long and storied franchise. So that's impressive. So we'll see. All right, be right back. I'm gonna go throw up in the toilet. <laughs> um no just kidding we have to talk about some more yankees uh or no we have to talk about one yankee and a former yankee some recent signings and deals uh now that we've wrapped up our conversation about the hall of fame which was a rather lengthy one uh talking about some signings and signings and deals from the past i guess week right because yeah dude because we, we haven't been on here we haven't forever. been on here in about three years um but the Adam Adovino trade, I think, like you mentioned, happened the next day after we put up last week's show. Literally the, the day of the release, I think. Yeah, he signed a three-year, $27 million deal with the Yanks, obviously, um, bolstering up that bullpen. I think he's from New York, so a little bit of a coming-home gift. Um, the Yankees then turned around a few days later and traded Sonny Gray to the Reds. Um the reason that lasted so long is because the Reds agreed on the trade contingent on Sonny Gray signing an extension. So I think the extension took a, little, a couple of days to to uh, decide, but it was three years, thirty million that he will be um, signing with the Reds. Uh, obviously, after this next year, the trade was for a kid named Shed Long, uh, who was an infield prospect. I think top. I think it was a top ten prospect with the Reds. And then, like, three hours later, the Mariners and Yankees agreed on a trade to swap prospects. Quite literally. It was, like, three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So the Yankees ended up with Josh Stowers, um, a little speedy outfielder. um, Another, I think, top ten prospect with the Mariners. So that wrapped up that trade. Thank God Sonny Gray is no longer in pinstripes. Um, The dude is super talented. Just doesn't know how to pitch in New York, so I'm sure he'll succeed elsewhere. Well, thank God Drew Pomerantz isn't a member of the Red Sox anymore. <laughs> Signing a, if I recall, one-year deal with the Giants. Just sure. Go to the other side of the country. We don't want you anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, but not much to talk about there. It just wasn't, wasn't a great tenure in Boston. Uh, I mean, it wasn't early on. It wasn't terrible, but it just rapidly declined so uh good riddance drew yeah. uh some other deals you got nick Markakis. uh yeah one year deal with the braves going back home i think he um i forgot to look it up he's only like 35 right 35 36 he's not that old i feel like he's been playing forever though i know you spent a lot of years with baltimore um but uh just a good fit down there um, obviously, from what he did last year at a, an all-star year last year. So um, keeping that veteran presence in your clubhouse with a young team uh, will definitely help that uh, success continue. Um, 
Another dude uh, making a move is Cody Allen signing a one-year $8.5 million deal with the Angels. That deal also includes a uh, $2 million uh, performance-based bonus. So uh, has the potential of getting 10.5 mil next year. So good for Cody Allen getting out of uh, the <laughs> – what, what do we call Cleveland – just a little cakewalk in the AL Central. Just a terrible division. <laughs> I saw an article earlier today. It was written in the middle of last season, and it was saying the 2018 American League Central could be the worst division in MLB history. Yeah, I, did, I didn't I did read it, but I did see that. Just crazy. Brutal. Terrible. Ichiro. Recently agrees to a minor league deal that allows him to open the season with the club if he stays healthy this spring, which, I mean, at this point, let's just assume he's going to be with the team on opening day, which, for the Mariners, will be a series in Tokyo from March 20th to the 21st against the 2019 American League West Division Champion Oakland A's. Yikes. No, there's no yikes there. We're just stating facts. Mm. Uh, Ichiro, coming off a year where he earned $750,000 after playing just 15 games and then moving you, moving to the front office. That's Do you just retire after your little series in Tokyo, honestly? I mean, at this point, I just feel like there's so much buildup to this series. Like, we know, we've known that this is going to be the case. We've yeah. known, we've looked ahead for a while now. Like, all right, he's going to play, play the series, and I feel I almost feel bad for the guy because it's like we know that you're you're retiring after the series. I mean, at this point, it's just a fact. Because he, well, no, I take it back. He hasn't officially said that, correct? I don't we're, think we're so, just assuming. I mean, like, what else are you going to play for? That's dude? what I'm like, saying. And at this point, winning the West. The problem is, is like I was saying, I just feel like at this point, there's just been so much buildup, and then we're going to get there, and then he's going to go, like, one for six in the series with one of his signature infield singles, and then he's yeah. going to hang it up. And it's just, I just feel like people are going to be expecting a lot more than what they're actually going to get. Maybe, maybe, awesome maybe not. would it be if he goes, like, Three for eight with three ding-dongs. Well, he said, he, you go back and look. There's like a quote that he said. There might be audio of it. I don't know. I'd have to find it. But there's a quote where he said something about like he has power, but he thinks that chicks dig like singles <laughs> and doubles more, yeah. like speed is sexier or something. I'm like, <laughs> that takes a set to say, man. Like You're not just going to come out and say that. Yeah, but man. he does it. And he does it well. Um, moving on, we need to talk about this quote-unquote beef between Chris Bryant and Yadier Molina. What, what is this about? Yeah, dude. Um, so I guess like uh, you might have to take over eventually because I only know most or some of this. Um, Chris Bryant was on like a little show with with Ryan Dempster. Yeah, it was like a. It, I don't even know the details of it, but apparently it was like a mock late night show. I think it was something yeah, for the yeah, Cubs. Yeah. It was like for their fans, whatever. Um, but yeah, apparently uh, KB and Dempster were like going back and forth. I think they had mentioned like Harper or something and saying that the 
Cardinals are going after Harper, and then uh, yeah, he was like, "Why would you want to play in St. Louis?" Yeah, it's it comes boring. back. Yeah, it comes back and says, "Who would want to play in St. Louis? So boring. It's so boring." I always get asked, "Where where do you want to play? Where would you not like to play?" And then he said, "St. Louis is on the list of places where I don't like to play." And then Yadi Amelina comes out on Instagram and says, posts like a picture, and then in the caption says. All stars, elite players, and leaders of their teams do not speak bad about any city. There should be respect, and you should play with comp- you should play and compete with respect. Only stupid players and losers make comments like the ones made by Bryant and Dempster. Hashtag love St. Louis. Wow, what what is this? Um, first of all, I love it. I hate it. This is this is just the dumbest thing. Like you're telling me that there's a beef between one of the more mild-mannered players in Major League Baseball and then just, like, your quintessential captain, leader, catcher. Come on. this I don't know. I put out a tweet the other day, and I basically just said that this just reeks of, like, UFC-type fabrication. <laughs> like, someone, someone is re- – someone at the top. I don't know who or with what role – they're they're trying to trying to stoke this fire a little bit. They're trying to make baseball, specifically the rivalry between the Cubs and the Cardinals, exciting by forcing something there. But no, I'm sorry. They're trying to make it exciting by forcing something that's not there right now. Obviously, it's a rivalry, but let's be honest. Just recently, it hasn't been like terribly exciting. Um, I think it, I I disagree. I think. This is, first of all, I agree with Yachty. Um, not not the classiest stuff said by Chris Bryant. No, I absolutely um, agree with Yachty. I th- I think you know, like you you build up your own city, don't put down other cities. Um, I don't agree with Yachty calling him a loser, but all of this, uh, I'm okay with it. I really am. I'm okay with a little spark. It's the second best uh, rivalry in baseball. And like you said, it's been it's been lacking some some heat, some spark the last couple of years. I think the Cardinals have done some things in the offseason to make them relevant again. The Cubs are obviously going to continue to be relevant. I'm okay with a little uh, little bad blood because Yachty did come out and say this will carry into the season, and I can't wait to see them. But here's the thing: I just don't see there being bad blood with a guy like Chris Bryant. He's just over there. He's over there playing third base, just smiling his face off. Like I don't, I don't understand. This Timmy um, just seems so fake. I see bad blood with Yachty. I wouldn't mess with that guy. That well, guy's I mean, gonna neck tap. I mean, Yachty would like punch a fly if he thought the fly was saying something negative yeah. about him or his city. But what I'm saying is like, well, Yachty did say that he plans on carrying it over into the season. Which, of course, Yachty says that because that's just Yachty. But to me, here all this look, all this takes, all this takes is a, a shot to the ribs. The first they beat Chris Bryant has against the Cardinals. That's all it takes. And now it's started up. Okay. That's and even if that's take. true, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to my guns here. I don't see Chris Bryant being the center of this quote unquote beef. I see, okay. Yeah. Maybe they throw at him, they hit him in the ribs, whatever. The guys around, I I would see a guy like Anthony Rizzo being the guy that gets in the middle of this because he's the kind of guy that's gonna 
get up. I mean, he's done it to guys before. It gets up in your face. But Chris Bryant, oh, yeah. for whatever reason, just doesn't seem like that guy to me. And yeah, he definitely seems a little soft. I'm not going to lie. But w- what's going to happen is either going to be the very first hitter when they face each other, or they're going to wait for KB to come up in the lineup, which won't take long because I think he hits second or third. Either way, this is going to start it up. And guess who's calling it? Yachty is calling that pitch. Oh, a th- thousand percent. Like, he's putting down the middle finger saying, let's ear hole this guy. And that's what's going to happen. If he just doesn't clock him cold before they get bat. I'm cool with it. I honestly like it. I just, so it, it may feel, I get what you're saying. It may feel a little force, a little, a little extra going on. The only reason we're talking about this is because there's absolutely nothing going on in the MLB world outside of this hall of fame induction. And, uh, I'm okay with it. No, I mean, I'll agree with you. I mean, if they get the ball rolling, I mean, it really gets going. Then, Whatever. I mean, if if that's how you got to start it, then start it that way. But if this is just a thing where they're trying to, I don't know, like if they're trying to spark things up just for the sake of sparking things up when really there's, there is no need for this to carry on any further. Yeah. I mean, I, whatever. I just, to me, I just wish that. It was a little bit for the fans. Chris Bryant's sitting in front of fans. He wants to get them riled up. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I totally get that. I mean, I'm sure he didn't expect it to blow up like this, but no, no, probably not. But I just wish the rivalry would have been reignited a different way. Like if there just would have been a straight up fight, but I guess now we have to put down one another city and then there's a fight. So either way, expect a fight boys and girls expect one. Yachty said it and I'm going to take that man at his word. So, uh speaking of baseball cities let's transition into the best and worst segment for this week's show yay for this thursday show rather because as we all know this is a thursday segment best and worst which by the way i know i mentioned to you earlier are we gonna have to eventually retire this segment there's only so many there's only so many topics we can we're gonna need help from the people that's what i've been saying we need to post in advance that's good. People, like that. let us know. DM us, comment, whatever you need to do. Let us know what you want to hear for best and worst. Because honestly, it's stressful for us. Because we start thinking about it like three days before the. It the is. Recording. No, and, and here's the thing. Nate, no, no. Nate doesn't think about it until about five minutes before we do the recording. And yeah. it comes down to me being the guy every time to try and figure out a topic. And yeah. Nate's just over there twiddling his thumbs. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. That was mean. You that do, was pretty accurate, though. You do a great job, Nate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this week's is. But yes, no. Before we get started, I, yes, I do agree with you. Leave it up to the people. Send us DMs, whatever. Give us topics for future best and worst segments because we need them. Because as I just said, there's only so many things you can cover, and our brains are only so big. We, I mean, I've. I'm pretty maxed out with best and worst topics. So send us segment ideas for best and worst, and we'll see if we can get it on the show. Moving on. What do you want to start with? Best or worst? Let's start with best. I think it's pretty, pretty clear. All right. Lead us off. Uh, We're going in order here. We're going like three to one. I feel like the last few shows we've done this, I haven't had a particular order. So, Really, what it's up to you. Whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm going with Pittsburgh. Um, 
great baseball city. Um, obviously very nostalgic, historic, awesome ballpark. Um, you know, they haven't been crazy relevant the last couple of years. I'm sure attendance is down a little bit. But uh, I don't know, man. There's something about that city. When it gets going, it gets going. It's just, it's fun. And it's just, it's, it's a blast to watch the, you know, the blackout where everyone's wearing black and they got the yellow towels. All the Steelers fans come walk across the street and they want to watch baseball too. I mean, that you know what I mean? Like that, that's sweet. That's cool. I like that city, man. It's a good baseball city. Agree. That would have probably been one of my honorable mentions had I had an honorable mention list. Uh, most obvious, I'm just going to lead us off. Boston. I mean, if you've ever been to a Red Sox game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Title Town. I mean, there's really not that many more cities in America that are better suited for a baseball team, especially one of that historical or with with the historical significance that that team carries. Um, just a great fan base. Their team, people rag on the fan base all the time. Like, Oh, they're just trashy. I mean, whatever. They love their baseball team. That's, that's, that's all I'm going to say. What do you got? Dude, I'm going to be real. Like I can't disagree with you that much. The only reason I left them off the list, cause I knew you would mention him. So that's, which I'm sure is what you did for my city. So that's, that's the only reason I got not so fast, Nate, not so fast. You put them on there? Ah, we'll find out. What do you got? What's your second one? Uh, Chicago. Speaking of KB, Chicago, specifically, you know, the Cubs area. Was that the north? South? Dude, I'm not going to lie. I'm 25 years old, and I still can't remember which is which. Me neither. How bad is that? Like, I'm not even, I should just, like, transition to soccer or something. I can't call myself a baseball fan. No, seriously. Well, we got to go. I I want to go to a Cubs game. All right. No, you know what? We're we're going to look this up. We'll look it up. Are the Cubs on? No, yeah, you just keep going. I'm going to look this up. You want me to keep going? Okay. Chicago, obviously a great sports town for any sport. Fans are Wrigley Field, located on Chicago's north side. North side. Nice. Okay. So, Chicago, north side. Cubs. We need a way to remember this. The Cubs are the better uh-huh. team. They're on the up and up. They're on the north side. All right. It's just like the south side just rings off the tongue so easily. But let's be honest, my guy. South side. Let's be honest. If the White Sox sneak in and pick up Machado or Harper, they might be on Stop the up it. and up. Stop it. Then they might Chicago. be moving across town to the north side. <laughs> I'm moving on. I don't even need to support this. Everyone knows Chicago's a great sports city. Yeah, they freaking love their team. The lovable losers. Yeah, even when they sucked for like forever. For like 100 years they sucked. They're still selling out. They still got dudes sitting in lawn chairs on the street behind Wrigley waiting for a home run, listening to the radio. Still got people on top of apartment buildings. They love their Cubs. I love it. Uh, Second, I'm going to go New York. Just because... You better not be teasing me and thinking of the Mets or anything. No, well, to be are fair... You, are you counting that in? I'm kind of... Yeah, I mean, I'm just lumping okay. New York as a baseball fair. city collectively because regardless if you're a Yankees fan or a Mets fan, and I'm hoping I'm earning some credibility here with some people that think I'm just a 
fanboy, including you, Nate. <laughs> Hope I'm earning some credibility here. I'll give you guys credit. I mean, and, and let me be clear. I'm referring to the the city of New York, not the New York fan base, because we all know that there's people that live in like L.A. that are like, yo, let's go Yankees. Like, no, stop, stop, <laughs> stop. I'm not saying you can't live in L.A. and be a Yankees fan, but just be, just because you go to the just because you go to Lids and buy a Yankees cap does not make you a Yankees <laughs> fan. Like, name something about the team other than the fact that they have 27 rings, please. Yeah. Um, anyway, just a, a great baseball city. I mean, we've we've talked about history on here already with the prior cities. Uh, obviously, a very historical city in terms of baseball. Um, outside of the the Yankees and Mets, I mean, you got the, I mean, the Dodgers with in Brooklyn. I mean, it's yeah. just, I mean, there's yeah, it's just a lot of history, a lot of obviously a lot of success there. Um, just a great city to play baseball just passionate man it's just passion and that's all you can ask for from a good fan base is when they're passionate and so obviously you know that's my top one but it's uh it's it's an awesome city for for all passion sports wise i mean the, those those people freaking get so mad about the jets and the giants that they pull their hair out and so and obviously mets fans like Poor Mets fans, man. That's that's brutal. But they're they're in it. You know what I mean? Like they're into it. They care about their team. They're forever gonna care about their team. Well, I don't and, know, man. Twenty nineteen might be the year, right? You got them winning the NL East. Yeah, I'm, who knows? Maybe that. Maybe maybe this is their time. Hot take. Hot take. But I agree. I it, please be a knowledgeable fan. If you're gonna be a fan, don't don't uh, give us bad rep by not knowing your stuff. If you're gonna be a fan. Be a fan. If you're going to be an off fan, you know, where you don't, you're not that plugged in, admit to being not plugged in. But either way, New York, great history, great city. Is that three for you? That's three for me. All right. My third one, and I dedicate this to Chris Bryant. I'm going St. Louis. Oh. I mean, if we're talking about a, a city that loves their baseball team, look no further than St. Louis, Missouri. Let's not forget, they rank second in attendance across the entire MLB from 2013 to 2017, and that's just a small, a small segment. They're consistently uh, in the top, I would say, like five in attendance year in and year out. So, Chris Bryant, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> St. Louis is a great play, great place to play baseball. So, that's my third one. What do you got? We're on worst now. That's what I'm saying. What do you got? Well, I know you think it's for other reasons, but I'm going to say it. Now that I'm here, Phoenix, Arizona Diamondbacks, however you want to, you know, call it, it, it's bad. This is a, this is not a very good city for sports. Um, the Cardinals are horrible. The Coyotes are horrible. I saw Larry Fitzgerald's coming back for his like 64th year. He's like literally the only good thing to talk about here. Most of the people that live here are Dodgers fans. It's just like the Diamondbacks are atrocious. And they've been atrocious for like 15 years. And uh, yeah, man, there's just like the fans just fade away. I ask all the kids that come into my facility. I'm like, you guys Diamondbacks fans are like, 
no, <laughs> no, we're not. And they just cheer for anybody else. There's, there's, there's nothing to be excited about for the Diamondbacks. This is a, this is a rough city to be a fan of, of the Diamondbacks. Uh, I'm going to go with one that you probably also have on your list. Tampa Bay. <laughs> just, I what? put air quotes around, uh, I put quotes around my, uh, my Tampa. What are we way. doing? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There. Exactly. <laughs> um, I was, I was borderline about to just put the entire state of Florida, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> no, like, no, seriously. I had to, I had to stop myself because I'm like, you know what? We're looking at best and worst baseball cities, not talking about teams or stadiums or whatever. Miami is a fantastic place to have a baseball team. There's just so much going on in that city. It just doesn't help the fact that they suck. Right. They're just a terrible team. Uh, But Tampa Bay, like, okay, so, yeah, we we removed Miami. We removed the Marlins from from this conversation, at least on my list. Uh, Tampa Bay, sorry. You're uh, carrying the weight uh, for your for your state there. Just a, just a terrible terrible place to play. No fan, yeah, no no real fan base. No attention. It's the same thing with with here. It's like no one really cares. No one really cares that much. Yeah, but here's and... the, here's the thing, Nate. If the Diamondbacks were in a playoff game, they would fill the stadium. If the Rays made a playoff game. Today, Fair. they would have like probably ten people in the stands, and you'd hear like three Fair. cowbells. Yeah, very true. Well, I mean, should I just skip to my third one? Because I, I don't think we need to say anything more about. I mean, you can continue Tampa. to rag on Tampa if you'd like. It's not even in Tampa. It's like that's why I put quotes it's around St. Pete. St. Pete, man. There's like, man, there's just nothing going on there. Just nothing. At least move, move stadiums, start something new. Good lord, it's like the same old thing year after year. And your fans just hate you, Tampa. Uh, should I move on then? I guess. All right, man. Uh, this one's gonna surprise you a little bit. Cities. We're talking. We're talking about cities here, right? All right. L.A. Okay. All right. Let's. I. Oh man. I, I really don't know, man. I when are you really gonna What are you know. gonna learn, Nate? From episode to episode, it just seems as though you say something in every episode where it's like you're just like asking for people, people to off. hate you. Uh, well, cle- yeah. <laughs> clearly, I like pissing people off. The truth is, dude, it, L.A. just seems like a like a social event. You know what I mean? Like it's just like. When you watch Lakers games, like who's sitting courtside? When you watch Dodgers games, like who's sitting behind no player? The Kardashians here, like no one. I don't think anyone that really goes to those games care that much. Maybe the people in the outfield, but like I, I don't know, man. It's just something about it. Like it's there's so much else. I, I guess it could be used as an argument for New York, but there's so much else going on in L.A. It seems like. Baseball is just not a, as a priority in that city. You know what I mean? Like baseball is just not at the top of the list. It's all about celebrities. It's all about clubs. It's all about the weather. It's all about the beach. It's all about the Lakers. You know what I mean? And it's just like very. I don't think it's Jeez, now. It's about the Rams. City. Now it's about the Rams. So it's like 
I, I don't know. Like, is it that big of a, a deal for me to say that? Like, I mean, let's let's not get carried away. Let's not act like the the Dodgers are irrelevant. They have been in the World Series the last two years. They're definitely relevant, and that's why I'm talking about cities. I'm not even talking about fan bases, really. I'm just talking about the fact that. It's, there's so much else going on in LA. No, no, that's fair. We it's, are doing cities, after all. I think people a, may have forgotten already, but we are doing yeah. cities and not teams or fan bases. It's just a tough place, man. It's just like there's so much other options. I agree. Uh, my second one for worst is Oakland. Just Oof. not a good baseball city. Yeah. Raider, Raiders are out. Or, yeah. yeah, Raiders are out. The Warriors are relocating. Yeah, they're moving to like San Fran. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe the A's need to just <laughs> take take the warning and take the heads up and just head elsewhere. Um, Yeah, just, just not very good. I don't have much to say about that. Just not a very good, not a good city. Understood, man. Back it up. You got, you got one more since you stole my tampa. This one. Before we got on air, I was saying I had one that I think would really catch you off guard. I'm going to go San Diego. Just wow. a what To me, it doesn't. Okay. Here, it doesn't feel baseball-like, does it? No, but here's the thing. What is the one team, what is the one city that people point to when they say, he's not going to care about winning, he's just going to play baseball and make money? <laughs> That's true. I mean, look at uh, – God, I'm blanking. The guy that just went out there uh, a few years back, uh, Hosmer. Yeah. I mean, God, whatever happened to him? He just went out there and got, just, got, yeah, just got soaked up by the sun, I guess, out there. I don't know what happened. But yeah, you just go out there not, and enjoy life. Like, you don't even really care about baseball that much. Yeah, it's just not a, not a big uh, baseball city to me. Yeah, that's fair. Cities, people. City. Not talking team. We're not talking fan base. We're not talking players. I mean, if we're talking vacation, San Diego is probably at the top of my best list. But in terms of baseball Baseball cities, cities. no. You know, like the L.A. – again, back to the L.A., dude. Like, San Diego is the same story. If you're watching a playoff game and there's still, like – still, like, sunshine and, like, T-shirts and stuff, it's weird. Yeah, very, very strange. I mean, I'm still disagreeing with you on LA, but that's a that's a valid point. Yeah, we need cold weather in October. Yeah. Um. All right. DMs. 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 First one from Luke. Hey Nate. Oh no. No, I got some bad news. Um, what? I actually forgot. I didn't. I forgot to tell you this when we were off air. Not doing the old uh, seat geek thing anymore. I don't believe you. I'm dead serious. I'm serious. Have you have you seen me put up any graphics on social media recently? I I'm telling you, the promo code ended. Like their our little affiliate deal. It's it's over. I'm skeptical. I still feel like I'm going to get halfway through reading this. You're going to interrupt me. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't lie to you about that. Like, I'm scared, but okay. I'll ask this. You ready? Sure. Luke asks, should bonds have gotten into the hall? Uh, no. Next question. 
Me neither. Oaktown fan twenty six asks, "Are the Angels making the playoffs?" Uh, no. Next question. Me neither. Jacob asks, "Thoughts on league expansion?" Uh, no. Next question. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a baseball traditionalist. I've made that very clear. But to be fair, I'm I'm growing in that regard. I'm open to. The new ideas that make the game a better experience for people all around, uh, and I think expansion would be would be something cool. I mean, we've already seen teams, recent expansion teams that have uh, made the most of their opportunity, uh, making it to the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. I just I would love to hear the conversations about when and where. Uh, it's just a matter of time before teams in Vegas. So I'm, I'm okay with it. More baseball, the better. Yep. Uh, wow, you hit me with this name. I don't even. Oh boy. Yeah, I I was typing this out. I had no clue. It's like oh. apologize if we botch this. It's like Gillermy. 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 G U I L H E R M E. Gil Gil Hermé. Gil Hermé. Gil Hermé. Gil Hermé. Oh boy, that's bad. Asks not bad named i just can't talk or read uh asks is it the right time to trade jock peterson if it is who should they ask for in return i don't know nate what do you think um no not the right time i feel like you just cleared out some space in your outfield with uh puig and kemp um you're talking about a top five guy in the lineup probably uh, no, I don't think it's a good time to trade him. Uh, Danny asks, is a one-game wildcard fair? Wouldn't it be better to have a five-game series or maybe even just a three-game series? I definitely would like a three-game series. Five is too long because now you're talking about, you know, should we shorten the regular season? Now you're talking about November baseball. So, no, um, we don't need that. Um I think a three-game series would be nice. No, I completely disagree. Because then at that point, it's like, okay, well, now we need a one-game t- uh, one play-in to the three-game series. And it's like, well, how many more series can we make? Like, <laughs> teams are going to be playing, like, 300 games in a, in a season where they make the playoffs. Um, but I'm all for the one-game wild card. Uh, what I do think needs to be changed in terms of the postseason format, though, is the division series. I think those need to be seven games. I just don't think five games is uh, once you make it into those later series. I don't think it's a fair. Yeah. Uh, if you window. lose the first two, you only get one game at home. That's what I'm saying. And just like with the shifting and uh, momentum and home field advantage and all that stuff, there's just too many factors there that yeah. really don't give you the, the clearest picture on the better team. So I'm big time cool with that. Um, well, I think that does it. This is a rather lengthy episode. Uh, all right. That's my keyword. All right. All right. Well, that about does it. See, I told you this. I'm telling you, dude, the SeatGeek thing is done. I just legitimately forgot to tell you that before we got on air. I feel kind of defeated now. Yeah, now we don't have the, the superhero voice or any of that. Just really disappointing. Cold hard cash. 
No, Nate, we're not doing that anymore. DMs. No, it doesn't doesn't work. It doesn't doesn't fly. This day in baseball <laughs> history. Is that better? That one was good. That's what we're gonna do now. Superman voice is coming back for this day in baseball history. Nate, we don't need to do that for this day in baseball history because we have SeatGeek. It's the oh, answer to all your ticket you needs. Are you looking jerk. for tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With no, SeatGeek, I know you too well. You can find tickets to games, concert shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making no. it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. Next no. time you add some tickets to your cart, Use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. Mm-mm. That's all you got to do to save some of that cold, hard cash. Cold, hard cash! Enter promo code DTD at checkout. Pretty sure I just woke up all my neighbors, but... <sighs> got to do it for the content, you know? Yeah, and the lies. No, nah, man, I was just mixing it up. Anyway, that's promo code DTD at checkout with SeatGeek to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. You got anything else? Uh, my stomach's making a lot of noises, so it must be dinner time. That's it? Mm. Yeah. God, you just, you just completely collapse when you get to the end of the episode. I'm all out, man. I'm just over here just ready you to You start roll. waking up, I start falling asleep. I start waking up with a SeatGeek ad. Yeah. So really, really nothing else? Uh, yep, nothing else. All right. As what are we, always, we're 29 days, right? 29 days? Till what? Very first spring training game. Here's the thing. I had all the countdowns on my whiteboard at work, but then I think I told you about that flag, the World Series championship flag that my mom got for Christmas. Yeah. And that is now draped over my cubicle wall at work, so it covers the whiteboard, so... I know I know no longer have uh quick access to those countdowns, so I couldn't tell you. But I can tell you who won the twenty eighteen World Series. In case oh, you ever need to know God. that. In case you ever need to know that, Ooh, as cool. always, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys early next week. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that rating interview. Nate, how many stars? I like the baseball math, so I'm gonna stick with that. Are you ready? Okay. For you, for you true fans out there, for you true fans, Roy Halladay, the number he wore in Toronto, first number plus the second number, gets you to how many stars we need. The first number plus the second number. Bingo. Oh, even you were doing a little research, huh? No, I knew he wore a different number as his first number. 52. No! The first number of the number. 32. 3 plus 2. Well, you did say the first number he wore in Toronto, and he did wear number 52 in 1998, so you don't know what you're talking about. Seat Geek! No, see, no. This, no for all your ticketing needs. No, this, you just don't. When you're wrong, you just don't throw the Seat Geek in my face. He yeah, wore 52 just... the year 1998. Whatever. I got one better for you, Nate. You know how many stars they should give? 
I get five. I don't know how many you get. The number of inductees that could have been welcomed into the Hall of Fame yesterday had Barry Bonds decided not to cheat the game. <laughs> That's all I got. We love you all. And as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.